everybody, and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting your own company as taking the leap, as if they're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share The Void with somebody else who might also be wanting to start their own company. We saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is well within your reach. And just as our businesses have grown organically and by word of mouth, we want this show to grow the same way. So if you see somebody asking questions about starting their own service-based business, please send them a link to the show. I'm your host, Mitch Smedley, and with me as always is David Hilton. Mitch. David. Last week I asked you, what stupid thing have you done? In the yeah. last week, right? Yeah. I yeah. gave my example. You gave yours. You stabbed yourself in the leg, and I, I, I foolishly went after a deer without giving it enough time. I wasn't looking for a dumbass recap, but yes, that's <laughs> what happened. Well, any chance I can remind you that you stabbed yourself in yeah. the leg, I'm gonna. I, I'm I'm okay. What? <laughs> give me an example of this. What? Uh, give me a smart decision you made last week. Smart decision. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be like Einstein smart. But like, what was just, you got anything? I got, I have nothing. I'm completely flying off the hip here. Mm, let me think here. I have another dumbass decision I made. Well, you, tell what your dumbass one. So I, I actually spend time like trying to recognize that like smart decisions I've made. Yeah, it's hard. So, so it's, why is it so much easier to notice the hard decisions that you've made or the dumb decisions you've made versus the smart decisions? Why do you think that is? Comparison. You're always comparing yourself to like, yeah, that was a good decision, but it's nowhere near as good as this guy who's driving a Bugatti, you know. And Com- it's just comparison easy, kills it's just it. easy to point out the, yeah. the stupid well, things. Yeah. I, I think it's really tough in the photography video world is because you could wake up in the morning and you can see this like baller edit or baller photo. But, like, you don't realize the guy spent like eight hours on it or something right. like that. And so you're looking up and you're basically comparing. You're like, I haven't even started the day. And you're looking at. That's why it's, it's it's really you shouldn't look at social media in the morning. Probably. It's a turning point in life when you realize <laughs> that you're seeing somebody's final product and you don't like most people don't realize how much work went into that. All you're seeing is the final product. Well, it's it's seeing the final product, but also looking at it when you just wake up because it's yeah. like you haven't even had time to even start getting ready or so it's like you're already being like, well, yeah. I'm behind. I'm already a step back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So, what was your dumbass decision you made? Um, so, I killed that deer, right? Right. And then I thought I'd do my own European mount on mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. and boiled that thing for like five hours. Not done. Not done. I had to boil it for another hour. Then re- my pressure washer wouldn't start, and it's like 7 o'clock. The Chiefs game's about to start. I got to drive to the car wash in the dark, spray the thing out, get back, realize, yeah. Still, Still didn't not boil long enough. So, now I got a pot of steaming, disgusting mess that's sitting outside my house. And still am not done. So, so I mean, playing it, playing on that theme, I'll tell an, you that what an idiot. I'll tell you the smart move I made this week. So my son, like we talked about in the last show, my son shot a deer. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. We took it to the meat processor. Usually, I do this myself. However, our business is getting big enough where my time is becoming incredibly precious. Oh, right? Mitch Medley, my time is so valuable. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so fucking important. No, I chose. Look at, me, look at me. We we went back the day we went back down there to uh, to look for my deer that I couldn't find. Um, 
we we had Mason's deer hanging out behind the house. I'm sure my HOA loves a dead deer hanging in the backyard. But <laughs> hey, man, um, welcome to reality. Yeah. So we we took it down from behind the house, and since we were going back down there, there is a Mennonite uh, butcher shop down there. So we went ahead and dropped it off. Well, on the way in to the Mennonite butcher shop, like three blocks from the Mennonite butcher shop, there's a sign on the side of the road that says European mounts a hundred bucks. Sold. And I've lived what you're going through with the European mounts. It's... I've done several, and I'm like, man, that is like five to eight hours of work. A hundred dollars for somebody else to oh, do yeah. five to eight hours of work, absolutely. Yeah, like twelve bucks an hour. So mm, we yeah. go to the butcher shop. They cut the head off. We come like on our way out. We stop by the taxidermy place and we hand it yeah. to him. It's like the best hundred bucks I've yeah. spent in a long time. Yeah, this will probably be the only one I ever do. Yeah. Like if someone asks me, I might help them mm. and then laugh while they're trying to get the brain matter out. Right. Like, like you see, I told you. I, did I tell you to take it to dude, the guy? There's, there's a morbid feeling about sticking a swizzle stick in the back of that hole and trying not, to mush the brain up and get it to pour out of that I hole. I haven't found it. At, like to be more of it i found it to be you know the trick an extremely painstaking time-consuming process that i don't have time to fuck with you know the trick <laughs> what i found it. you take your daughter and you give her the pressure washer and you put the nozzle of the pressure washer right in that little hole that gets you into the brain cavity yeah and you have your daughter pull the trigger you stand well clear of it. Yeah. She gets covered in brain matter. She, <laughs> mm. She'll never do it again. I, no. My, <laughs> I mean, yes, my wife would be so pissed. Oh, my God. It's easier just to deal with the brain matter myself. Yeah. You know? So, so me, you, you had a smart decision. My smart decision was another, paying somebody else to do I had another amount. dumb decision. And I, to be honest, I can't think of one smart thing I did all week. Yeah. So. Like, I literally can't think of one smart. That's sad. That is just, that's where my life is right now. So today, I mean, you, you were there, obviously. I came back over to your house today, earlier today. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, my youngest son is deciding he wants to go hunting now, and he's kind of a tenderfoot. And so I'm trying to find this balance of like... Well, first off, in the kid's defense, you're going to have him sh- shoot the same 12-gauge slug gun that you and Mason shoot. Mason's 30. That, that kid is like a wiry little turd. Yeah. yeah. I saw it. So first off... He hit the first pumpkin. Yeah. And I was proud. I came out. I was like, yeah. Yeah. I'm in the house watching. Yeah. But, I mean, literally, it looked like, I mean, he got rocked. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's getting rocked by the thing. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, when you're it's taking your only, He only missed one shot out of that whole thing. Yeah, he did good. So. Is it kind of the thing? It's like the commitment. You're like, it takes an hour and a half to get there. So, if he wimps out on your way there, you're like, well, we have a whole day ahead of us. No. He, no, he won't. He, he will sit there. He won't wimp out. He'll I'm just trying to. But. Yeah, I'm just trying to gauge, like, is he, he's the youngest one, so there's a lot of things that he thinks he wants to do only because his older brother's doing it and uh, he didn't actually want to do it, so I'm trying to gauge, like, does he really want to go hunting or not? Like, Does he really want to see the blood that's about to be spilled? Right, and then, like, does he want to watch a deer expire? Does he want to cut the guts out of a deer? You know, there's a lot he of... He cried when you let, he let the snake go. Right. It may be... You know, it's it's going to be a, a teachable moment regardless, right? We'll so We'll see. But we'll see what happens. He handled the shotgun like a champ. He handled your 300 like a champ. Of course, he wants to shoot the 300 because it's it doesn't kick. It's just because it looks cool. And it's got a red dot it, scope. And, it doesn't kick at all. No. Dude, that thing is like shooting a pellet gun. Yeah. The biggest kick it's I've dope. ever shot was uh, an M1 Grand. 
Yeah, those... Dude, those things. I remember a 9 being... Because the... it doesn't have, like, all the, the nice shock-absorbing technology no, that they have. it's still semi-automatic. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember being, like... So, any, like any semi-automatic <laughs> is going to have less kick than a pump shotgun. You know what we need to get him? You know what? Bring him over to the house and let him shoot that slug gun. A 12-gauge slug gun. Austin? Yeah. Oh, is this is a podcast episode here. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. We bring Austin over here. We just make Austin, him shoot shit. are you a hunter? Would, uh, would I've you? never hunted before. Oh, okay. shit. Would you? Dude, turkey yeah. season is right around the corner. No, 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 no. I'm you thinking the three, of, deer? the three of us get into a ground blind. Ooh, my blind's not big enough. I can, get one, I can get one, though. I can get one. My ground blind might be big enough. My gra- I've sat three in my ground blind before. Where it's kind of like you put the, the producer Austin in like uncomfortable situations and film him. No, no, no. It's just... So <laughs> yes, I, okay, yes, I, yes, yes, hundred percent, yes. For the for the people listening to this show, if you have children and you've you've watched your child do shoot their first deer, it's like the most unforgettable day ever, right? Yeah. And so now it's like I want to go hunting not for myself, like I want to take other people hunting. I'm Mitch's child. So no, not not child. <laughs> first like, off, first off, yes, a hundred percent. Austin is Mitch's. <laughs> Fourth child. He has Mason, Grant, his wife, and then Austin. He just starts adopting people who are like, I wanna I wanna experience my child shooting a gun. Yeah. Can you go with I wanna me? help you. Come with me into the woods in this little blind and I see think it'd be hilarious happens. to watch Austin shoot his I think first deer. Dude, I'll do it. I got that GoPro. We'll put that GoPro on his ass. Yeah, I remember actually I bet he cries. one of the guys was shooting like when uh, he's gotten it. Yeah. No. I remember, like, one of the guys on this trip was shooting, like, a 50 caliber, caliber, and he was shooting, like, practice rounds, and, like, basically, when he went to shoot again, the guy had switched out with, like, high-impact rounds or whatever they call it, like, more powerful. Yeah. He was like, boom! You know, usually you want to do it because of safety, yeah. but he's like, woo! Fuck safety. I right. want to see entertainment. <laughs> so, so that's my biggest fear with Grant, is Grant is very aloof. He mm. is the type, like... If anybody spills anything in the car, it will be Grant. If anybody makes a mess in the house, it will be Grant. Like, like you're afraid he's going to shoot his foot off a loop, or you're afraid that he's you, just going to shoot early? You just have to be very on the game when you're watching. Like, Mason... Like, you can't drink two beers and take him. Oh, you God, have to no. be stone cold, yeah. like, sober. So, I have to be on it. So, Mason Ooh, is very, mean. very process-oriented. I could give him a list of ten things to do in order to pull the trigger, and he will follow that list to and a And then team. come up with two extras. And, Grant, I could give Grant the same list of ten things to do in order to pull the trigger. Safety boom. And Grant will pull the trigger while shouldering the gun and be like, oh, there was a list? Like, it's yeah. just that way. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just his personality. So He gets that from Danielle. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where he gets it from, but it's, I mean, it's interesting, the, the dynamic difference between them. But How was he when he was shooting it today, though? Was he, he, he was good. He never had, a, like, he was... He took it serious. Here's, yeah, the... Uh, I mean, barrel like barrel direction with kids is always tough. Like keeping the barrel in a safe direction. Yes. There were a couple of times where he had the the barrel sitting on the his tennis shoe, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> now now granted the breech is open, the safety's on, like it's full safe, but still like, yeah. like dude, bro, yeah. What happens if it's not safe? Yeah, like you're missing four you're, toes. You're, you're yeah. Missing a foot. You know? Well, even like in Hollywood too. I know people that even with like the, the in Hollywood, even with the toy guns, people will still they'll keep that rigid thing of like. Hey, you want to talk to Alec Baldwin? Yeah, about unless you're Baldwin, you just want to shoot somebody. How do you get handed a gun? And like, literally, obviously, they're way heavier than like you know the toy guns they use. Yeah. So you just the rule number one, and just, when that thing came out, everyone was like, "Dude, rule number one is no matter what." 
you never point a gun at someone. Even if yeah. it's fake, even if you think it's fake, even or if you think yeah. it's fake, you don't yeah. point a gun at someone. I, I mean, what I was I mean, telling I've pointed was... a gun at Mitch seventy-five times. I broke that rule. <laughs> I don't think you've ever pointed a gun no. at me. He pointed a gun at me just a few podcasts ago. That one. Well, this. Yeah. Okay. That's now, this we one's dangerous. Know. This one cut the fuck out of me earlier. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just because you're an idiot. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, so that's a fake replica gun. I everyone. I told I told Grant, you know, like you never close the breach, and you never take the safety off, and you never point that gun at anything unless you're ready for something to die. And so, like, he, I mean, he's following some of the basic rules, but he's still just, and, and he's small, and the gun's big, and all that stuff. So yeah, it but, rocked his ass. But it'll be it'll be interesting. I did. I haven't even seen it yet. I took a slow mo video of him shooting it, so I gotta I gotta well, the, check that the, out. The one of Mason when it was like in his, it's pretty bad. Like yeah. he looks like an idiot. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. But, so that was intentional with Mason. Mason's the type where you tell him how to do something, and he'll tell me I'm an idiot. And then he'll do it, and it'll hurt him, and he'll be like, okay, maybe you were right. Man, I Wait for him. Hurt. He, has to, <laughs> he has to learn for his own. Whereas Grant needs to be, like, Grant wants to know everything about it before he actually does it. He wants to know how hard is it going to kick? What's it going to feel like? What's it going to do? Like, how, where yeah. do I put, you know, Mason has to learn on his own. So It's exciting, though. Yeah. I hope he gets on. So... Hope he gets on this weekend. Today's topic for the show. Oh yeah, are we doing a show? Yeah, we're actually we're actually going to do a show. What do you want to talk about, Mitch? Today's topic. Usually we have three topics. We're going to spend the entire day today on one topic, and that is our changing bodies. Our changing. (laughs) Dad, I'm getting hair in weird places. (laughs) I don't even know how to comment. Yeah, I don't even know what to say about that. We are going to talk about (laughs) fifteen uncomfortable truths about life. Okay. All right. Okay, let me have it. You ready for these? Yeah, go ahead. All right, here are your 15 uncomfortable truths about life. Number one, your salary is a drug that your employer gives you for you to forget your dreams. Am I supposed to comment these or are you just going to read these all off? I'm just going to read them all off and we can dive into them later. Okay, all right, go ahead. Number two, if you continue to wait for the right time, you'll waste your entire life and nothing will ever happen. Number three, even when you trust your close friends and family, let them know nothing about you. Number four, you will lose 99% of your close friends when you start upgrading and leveling up your life. Number five, the government and politicians are one giant scum that will never save you from your problem. <laughs> Amen. I've never that's, agreed with anything more than that phrase. The altar call is open. Yeah. <laughs> Number six. You will be ten times happier if you forgive your parents and stop blaming them for your problems. Number seven. Train yourself to let other people win arguments on purpose to conserve your mental health. Number eight, you become more mature when you train yourself to take nothing personally. Number nine, by age 25, your inner circle should be more focused on making money, building your body, and starting a family over anything else. <laughs> number 10 sorry sorry number 10 you don't need 100 self-help books all you need is action 
and self-discipline. Number 11. Skills and financial education will make you win over 97% of college graduates. Number 12. You can't expect honesty from people who even lie to themselves. Number 13. People are stuck in toxic relationships because they're afraid to be alone. Number 14. The most difficult mission on earth is to focus on your dreams, and the easiest task is to complain. And number 15, the most important decision you will ever make is who you will have children with. So choose wisely. Those are your 15 uncomfortable truths about life. I don't know if they're uncomfortable. Eh, to some people they are. Come on, let's get into it. Get, so, read me the first one. Let's just, let's just, yeah. dude, 15's a lot. So I look at these like, you're going to hear all these, <laughs> and you're going to... You're gonna think you're gonna you're gonna listen to five of them and you're gonna be like that's bullshit. You're gonna listen to five of them and you're gonna be like eh, I can kind of see it. And you're gonna listen to five of them and you're gonna be like damn straight, right? And the reason why is because there's five of those where you have a personal affinity where you've been affected by five of those in your own life. And there's five where it's never affected you, so you have a hard time seeing it. And there's five where maybe you've seen friends affected by it, so you can kind of grab it, I guess. So, um, number one, salary is a drug that your employer gives you to forget your dreams. I've got a couple opinions on it. What do you think? I think, uh, I mean, I don't know. I think it's a reach, you know. I mean... If a kid's if a kid's working at McDonald's and he's seventeen, I don't buy that for one second. Right. You know what I mean? He's he's working that job not for his dreams, but to have spending cash. Yeah. You know what I mean? To maybe get his dream. Like when I was eighteen and still in high school, I worked at Pizza Hut. Mm-hmm. You know, and I got money. And then when I graduated, I bought a thirtieth anniversary Z twenty eight Camaro. Right. You know because. I worked, so I, I mean, I don't buy that part of it. I will say I buy part of it as in you're 40 and your dreams are to retire early and or 35, you know, and you're thinking, okay, if I stay here, I can retire and get there. But man, if I wanted to run my own business, I think I could get there sooner yeah. and be happier. So, I, I mean, I would buy that, but I don't, I don't ever blame an employer for me not chasing my dreams. You know what I mean? Yes. It is it is 100%. You know, we even talked have talked about this on the show and I may even contradict myself a little bit here about um you know your employer is there to hold you back. I don't believe that. No, I, mean, no, no. I believe they're not trying to make their dreams come true and for them to do that they need to have people work for them. And if, if you're willing to work for a specific amount of money, that's on you 100%. Mm-hmm. You cannot blame your employer. Now, you can recognize that they may be not paying you enough. They may be holding you back because if you were on your own, you could be making this, so they incentivize you to stay. I, I mean, I, I buy all that a little bit, but really it comes down to the decision that you make Mm -hmm. and the decisions you make to move forward. 
Does so, that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. I, I take it very similarly. Like, okay, salary is a drug that makes you forget your dreams. It doesn't mean your employer is making you forget your dreams. The salary is, yeah, right? Yeah, it's said in the thing. Your employer gives you a salary. Right, right, right. right. Uh, it, and, and I wouldn't even a say... A salary is the drug your employer gives you to forget your dreams. Now, that doesn't necessarily... I don't take that to mean your employer is trying to make you forget your dreams. What I, what I take it to mean is that people allow a salary to make them forget their dreams. Salaries come from employers, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it, there's just no way around the employer side of it. The employer is the one giving you a salary. That doesn't mean your employer has a malicious intent. Um, what I think, where I take it is people are in their comfort zone. You get a salary and you start to get comfortable and you know the salary is always going to be there because your employer is always going to be there. So you're comfortable. And that's what allows you to forget your dreams is your comfort. Yeah. And so um, the, the part where like, okay, how do we blow that up? How do we make that not true? Well, learn how to be very smart with your money. There are a there are a ton of millionaires who work. Mo, I would say probably most millionaires they actually work, for, work for somebody else. Yeah, they work for someone. Right, and so they have found a way to blow that out. And what they're doing is they're taking, they're being very smart with their money. They're living within their means, and they're putting a lot of it aside. They're investing it, and they're, you know, you can work for somebody else and get into like the real estate game. You can work for somebody else and get into you know, trading or, or whatever the case may be as like a side hustle. So um, where I look at it is the salary is the drug. It's not necessarily the employer is giving you the drug. It just so happens that all salaries come from an employer. Yeah. It doesn't mean that this, the employer is the bad person, like a drug dealer. Yeah. And, so, and I will say that, you know, some people, <clears throat> they kind of get caught up in that quandary of, I feel like, you know, I've got this money, I'm getting a salary, I'm doing good, but I feel like I could be doing better. But then that same person needs that steady income. Yeah. You know what I mean? Possibly. They don't realize till later, we've talked about this on the show, you know, I know people personally that have gone out on their own and made more money but been more miserable. Mm-hmm. Because they don't like the feeling of, I have to rely on myself 100%. And that's okay. Yeah. Okay, it, it's a 100% okay. If it doesn't mentally help you along with physically help you, you're not benefiting yourself. Right. You know what I mean? So we've talked about it on the show, if you're making good money and you're working for somebody, keep listening to the show, but you know maybe your own business isn't for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't necessarily have to be on your own and be stressed out all the time. If you're making good money working for somebody and you're happy... Be right. happy. Right. You know, or, make your make your money, make wise investment decisions and just live your life. Yeah. Or you you're know? listening to this show and you're like, okay, I'm gonna keep working for this guy because this is a really good gig and it pays my benefits, but I'm gonna use this show to inspire me to start a side hustle. Yeah, and, and still have that steady income. Yeah. And and we're not talking like doing side work. We're talking like, okay, maybe you're a plumber or electrician or an HVAC guy and you want to get into real estate. And so you're gonna use this show to help you, yeah. you get yourself ready to get into real estate yeah, or, or whatever the case may maybe be. Maybe you want to do a podcast and you're thinking maybe a year down the road I'll be getting money and then a year goes by and you're still not getting any money and you're like, man, <laughs> what the fuck is happening? But you just keep doing it because it's your buddy and you know you just want to keep on going. You know, you just never know what the fuck's going to happen, right? 
Ah. All right, number two. Sorry, go on, number two. Don't uh, wait for the right time. If you do, you'll waste your entire life and nothing will happen. I agree with that 100%. I do too. I I agree with that 100%. And that goes, that has nothing to do, that has nothing to do with business. Yeah. I mean, that is everything. So if you know, if you know in your heart you want to ask some girl to marry you, don't wait a year. Yeah. Get the fuck after it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if, if you know that you should be promoted or be, um, managing five guys at your work, get after it. Go to so, your boss and say, hey, dude. Some of the promotion stuff, like some of that's a timing thing, right? Well, I It mean, may be the right time for you, but if the position's not available in the company. You going to let me finish? Yeah, go ahead. Go to your boss and say, hey, this is where I would like to see myself in five years. If that's not here, I'd like to know. If it is something you see me doing, tell me the direction to work. There you go. To get there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't don't wait around. Right. You know, if you think that you can make a real estate opportunity happen, don't wait. I'm going to I'll give a great example right now of a huge failure in my life I feel like now. So 15 years ago, my wife and I've been married 18. So it, it was probably 14 years ago. My father-in-law had a 200 and I think it was 10 acre farm for sale 2 hours north of here. All it was was a deer hunting property, Mm -hmm. and he was going to sell it to us for like $250,000. I mean, cheap, right? That's like a $1,200 an acre. He said, I'll owner finance it for you if you want. If you know, if you can't get finance and this and that, and you know, I was scared to death. I was like, we have a house payment now. That would be another $1,000 a month. Oh, we just, we can't do it. We didn't do it. Four years later, he ends up selling the farm, right? Now that property would be worth... $5,000 $5,000 an acre, or mm-hmm. it would already be paid for. I Huge, because I waited, because mm-hmm. I was scared. Yep. And I'm not saying go out there and just do something crazy, but like I knew in my heart at the time, I was like, we should be doing this. We went up there, we walked it, we drove it, two, I think twice, two or three times. It's like, we should be doing this. Yeah. And then we didn't do it. Didn't do it. Because I was scared to death that, you know, I should have done it. Yep. You know? Yeah, for me, it was having kids. Like, my wife and I, we had many conversations before we even got married that we both want to have kids. And we want to have two kids. Like, we, we knew the number. We knew everything. Like, What if you'd had twins the second time? Uh, well, then we would have dealt with that. I was actually <laughs> I was actually hoping for twins the first time. You got to so, get rid of it. One, one, one. We just want them done. Just get it over with. My wife's a twin for everybody. Yeah. By the way, you don't want twins because yeah. they're psychotic. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing she doesn't listen, right? My sister does have twins. I'm not recently. 100% sure uh, she doesn't. She has, I don't know what she does. She yeah. has, um, what are they called, twins when they're born like nine months apart, Irish twins, and then, oh, yeah. then an actual twins. So like four kids under like three <laughs> Jeez, screw that. Yeah. Or stop. Yeah, or well, stop. What, ha- <laughs> what happened was the, the second kid is they, it took them so long to get pregnant the first time. So like, well, we got to start now in order to have a second one. And then like, like instantly. Right. You, yeah. Like the second that you're super fertile after that. Right. Right. Uh, if I had twins the first time, it would be done. Like I'd get clipped. Well, so I had my vasectomy scheduled before a second kid was born. I wanted to make sure he was born, came out with 10 and 10, and, you know, everything, like, is legit. I've been thinking about getting a vasectomy. But I had my vasectomy scheduled before number two even I came out. I just feel like it's, like I'm robbing myself. No. It's, it's the freedom, man. It's, I, I look at it the other way. I'm like, I got the freedom to do let's not, let's whatever not I want. Let's not dive into that right. Okay, number three. Number let's, three. You'll move on. Uh, even when you, 
So I, I got to go back to my full notes here. I've you got, can't take them anywhere, huh? Yeah. No, I can't. Even yeah. when you trust your close friends and family, let them know nothing about you. I can see this one two ways. Right? I can see it one way. I don't tell anyone anything. Like Mitch, Mitch doesn't know this about me because Mitch and I are extremely close. So, and I shouldn't say that. There are a ton of things. There's about a ton of things. Yeah, I don't know about you. Mitch, so, I mean, I tell. I tell no one anything. Yeah. Like no one knows until this podcast and not a lot of my close friends even know, uh, they don't even know I do a podcast. Right. They have no idea. Right. They're like, Oh, you do a podcast. So yeah, me and Mitch, you and Mitch are doing a free, I mean, people I've known for 30, you yeah. and Mitch are doing a freaking podcast. So I, yeah. even, I haven't had, they, a, they don't even know. I haven't had a conversation with Austin, um, to say like, I don't share a lot of our stuff about the podcast on my personal social media. Like, it, if our podcast is to be successful, it's going to be successful on its own, not because I'm, like, out there trying to pimp it every week on my social media. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I kind of get where that's coming from. Now, I will say this. Let me ask you something. So why do you think – so, like, I, I I agree with that statement. Why do you think that that's true? So, Let me ask you that. Well, I go two ways with it. One, my wife – there is absolutely nothing my wife and I keep from each other. First we, off, your wife tells everyone everything about both of you. Uh, not really. Dude, every... We, we tell Stop. a lot of stories. She However, on Facebook is every... Oh, Mr. This, oh, nah, 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 nah. It's all the time. So we tell a lot of stories. However, her and I have a lot of very deep conversations that nobody ever knows about. And it's just her and I. Well, that's and, all husbands and wives. And it should be that way, right? Yeah. That's a good marriage. Yeah. So, um, but... She does tell me a lot of pillow talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, too, like... conversations. For, <laughs> I think for me, the thing on, like, talking about your channel on your personal, on your social <laughs> media, is that you kind of feel like oh, you're Mitch. cheating if you have to get on social media and, like, pimp your stuff sometimes. No, no. So I've seen that from other sides of things. Like, you have people that use their social media to sell their products all the time, and I freaking unfollow them or unfollow them. I'm like, I don't come to social media to have you sell me your shit. Mm. Stop. Like, I go to social media to to be entertained or to enjoy it, right? Mm. And so you can select who you follow for enjoyment. I don't come to social media so that every freaking post I can see you making about trying to sell me fucking life insurance. The cringiest like, is like whenever yeah. one of your friends becomes like a real estate agent, so his Instagram oh. just gets turned into like, oh. well, about to break on this new house, and you're just like, dude, like... Third closing this week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's see where you are when the housing market crashes. Have you yeah. noticed there's not a whole lot of Yeah, right you now. see a lot of that I now, feel bad right? for my friends. Have you seen Jeremy Mercado post anything in a while? Uh-uh. I haven't, I haven't either. I'm I a little to, worried about him. Yeah, I need to check in on it. He, I mean, he lost his lady. He and his lady split up. Yeah, so. I know. And then he was like all bum talking about, I'm not, I don't want to air out all his dirty laundry. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was talking about leaving and moving, you know, to somewhere and starting new. And then I haven't seen him post anything for a while. Yeah. So, I, I mean, he's all right. And I'm not bashing on real estate agents, but well, like, he was a you, lender, not a real estate agent. You but. turn a lot of people off when. All you do is post about shit that they may or may not be interested in. Like, how yeah. many houses am I going to buy in a couple of years? One, right? Mm, you never know. I mean, maybe. Well, but, yeah. but it's not because my friends posted it on social media. Yeah. When I you're out in public, it's like you ought to, you don't really want to even be like a, a friend because you're just like, can we just like be friends and not yet like try to sell me a house yeah. or something? Or yeah. So now another thing too is uh, I think the main basis for that quote is. 
we, we've talked about this in the early episodes of the show. Your friends and family are going to discourage you when you start your business because they care about you and they're anchoring from a point of conservation and safety. Well, not all of them, but yeah. Right. And so they're going to be like, oh, I don't know if you should do that. Oh, that sounds risky and all that stuff. And and they're they're discouraging you from starting your own business. They're holding you back, right? Yeah. So that's why you tell them nothing and then you let them see the results. I've seen this in my own life. The conversation that you and I had before the show about life insurance. Yeah. I had that conversation with my dad. Was it the same that me and you had, or was it completely no, different? No, it was completely different. It was a, a very much a, cons- a very conservative, like, I don't think you need that much. That seems pretty expensive. I think you could do better things with that money and all this stuff. That's what I said. <laughs> well, <laughs> In a different way. Yeah, you, you were like, you were excited about the idea of investing in something, and you were challenging, is this the right investment? That's true. He's looking at it like, you don't need that much insurance. And and all of that kind of stuff. And so, and it's, I mean, my dad's got a great heart and everything else. It's just, it's different. It's, it's different. It, it, you know, this is, we should probably have a conversation about this on another show, but the relationship between a son and his father, as you get to the point where not, I want to say no longer need them, but when you get to the point where you have accelerated past them, is an interesting conversation to have. Yeah. Because I, I noticed it early on, like super early on, just yeah. because of other extenuating circumstances. And then you start taking everything they say a little bit differently. Yeah. You know, and not not in a bad way. Well, they're, but they're, it's it's it, that's a very interesting conversation we should have sometime. There comes a point. So for all the parents out there, especially if 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 we have listeners to the show that are have young kids, Eventually, your kids are going to figure you out. They're going to figure out exactly who you are. Yeah. So, and that's your job. Your job is to educate them and teach them your mistakes so that when they get to a younger age than you were, when you realized you had passed your parents, that they are passing you. Yes. Like that's, that is the curve that you want them to be on. Yeah. And, and so, uh, and it's not like the goal is to pass your parents. I mean, it kind of is. Maybe. It is. It's a hundred percent. Each so generation gets better than the previous. Should yeah. be better. And if it's not better, the generation before you screwed up. Yeah. So it's it's just a like if you're a shitty parent, your kids are gonna know that eventually, right? Someday and, they're gonna know. And and if you are doing things a little shady, if you are not smart with your money, if you are behaving in a way that you shouldn't, if you're going out on your spouse, your kids see all that and they know all that and they're going to catch up to that. They're way smarter than you think. Right. So, um, damn, they're smart. I mean, that's, that's not even the topic of this show. However, that's, that's what, (laughs) that's kind of what they're talking about when they say, keep things to yourself and, and don't tell anybody. And the reason why is nobody has your vision. Nobody knows what nobody knows how dedicated you are other than you and yeah. nobody knows how committed you are other than you and nobody knows how well thought out you have your plan other than you. Yeah. So the moment you tell anybody they're going to try to shoot holes in your theory not intentionally not because they want to pull you down but because they are they're tr- they think they're looking out for your best interest. Or, and, or falsely build you up because they have put you on a pedestal. It can go both ways. It, it, yeah, it totally could go both ways. You're right. So that's why it's best to stay quiet 
and then all of a sudden they're going to you, you don't even have to tell them the results no. they're going to see the results yeah right and and it's not a rubbing in your face it's not like oh you see me driving a nice car or, oh you see me buying a nice house and all this stuff they just they're just going to come to know that wow you really did have it all figured out that's pretty cool. Well, first off, no one has it all figured out. Oh, God, but yes, no. those small things that you were so passionate about. Right. Oh, man. Man, he made that happen. Right. Or she made that happen. Number four, you'll, yeah. you'll lose 99% of your close friends when you start upgrading your life. I can see this. I can uh, I can think of I one. Mean, I'm, I'll just give a weird example. Like, I don't... Man, I'm, this is really weird for me. I don't have a lot of close friends anyway. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But I will say, I hadn't thought about that until you said that. I thought I was going to be like, I don't have any close friends. Who cares? But you know what? When I got married, that is 100% true. Yeah. The marriage was an upgrade. Of course. Oh. You know me better than anyone. Of course it was. I've seen your wife. It was definitely an upgrade. It was an upgrade. <laughs> it was an upgrade. Spiritually, mentally, every... Like, she is the one person that probably saved my life. Yeah. Like, Mitch knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. She's... The, I, I mean, without her, I'd probably be in a fucking in gutter somewhere. Yeah. Right? I mean, that statement might be 100% right for me. No, it's... Like, it's, I went from... And, and, and it wasn't just a click of a light switch, but I will say... That over those first sixty-seven years, like literally, there was just a decline. Yeah. In, and you know, I had always kind of thought, oh, I got married, so I just kind of quit hanging out. You know, you, oh, I'm spending more time with my spouse. So that's the stereotype. You you might be right. Yeah. You might be right. Like I realized, okay, this is like an enlightening moment for me right now. Like I realized, maybe subconsciously, okay, I am just, I am at liftoff here. Yeah. I'm leaving the rest of this behind and just didn't know it until literally right now. Yeah. Yeah. I feel really weird at this very moment. No, that's, I mean, so for you, it wasn't a conscious upgrade of your life. You were just working in the right direction that you felt was right. It, it just happened to be that way. There are, there are listeners to this show who Mind are blown. wanting, yeah. Mind fucking blown right now. You're, you're, there are listeners to the show or want to start their own business. Mm-hmm. They're wanting to upgrade their life. They're realizing that their friends are always getting in trouble. They're always out of the bars. They're always having, you know, problems at work because they have bad attitudes and all that. And they're wanting to upgrade their life. Well, the uncomfortable truth is they are no longer your friends the moment you start doing this. Because the moment you start making a commitment to better your life, um, you're making a commitment to stay away from those people. You are the sum of the five closest friends you have. So if you want to be a millionaire, you need to start doing, you need to start hanging out with people that are wealthier than you. Or on the same path as you. Right. So it, it doesn't, like, let's say, let's say you're a thousandaire right now, right? Let's say you're, you're pretty much living <clears throat> paycheck to paycheck. Maybe you got 5,000 bucks in the bank. Okay. That's a thousandaire. Well, it's going to be really difficult for a thousandaire to hang out with a millionaire. However, you can hang out with a 50,000ere. You can hang out with somebody who's got 50 grand in the bank. You can hang out with somebody who's got 20 grand in the bank, right? They're, they're, four times better than you if you got five grand in the bank. So you can start hanging out with those people. And then as you matriculate through life, you're going to start changing. Now, maybe, maybe your $20,000 friend, maybe he's growing too, right? And you're kind of growing together. Or maybe your $20,000 friend is just kind of stuck there. 
And so you hang out with him for a while, and then he kind of moves out of your life as you move on to hanging out with a $100,000 friend, and then a $500,000 friend, and so on. So, um, Is that why you've we've been hanging out a lot more last year? Well, yeah. Finally, <laughs> he's finally caught up to Dave. No, I just... Now, I will say, like, it sounds completely superficial and shitty, and I do still talk to, like, my old friends that... It's not superficial. No, I, I said it sounds superficial. Okay. okay. And I still talk to those people, and I still love those people, and I still... But, I I mean... And it's a small... It, it's a it's a not even five people mm-hmm. that I'm talking mm-hmm. about people that are I mean I'm really close with and I still talk to them I haven't just you know cut everybody off but you know as you say that and I think about it it's I mean it's really true yeah yeah I've got I've got a really good friend of mine um, and I don't know if he listens to this show if or you, not so are you telling me that if you get rich and I just stay on my straight plane we're not going to talk anymore maybe God damn don't it. worry you better Dave. level it up dude. Be an Austin Dave podcast. Go, <laughs> it's gonna be Austin Dave podcast. So, Ugh. so I've got, Ugh. I've got. <laughs> just kidding. Some some friends of mine that my wife and I used to hang out with like all the time, like do all I the know, time. Do I know him? Probably. Um, and the moment we started making solid commitments to start the business and do a lot better and not just you know work for an employer the whole time and all that stuff we naturally gravitated away from him. And it wasn't this conscious thing of like, you are holding me back. So I am pulling away from you. It was that I became so passionate and so dedicated about this new venture that I just didn't have time for that anymore. Yeah. Um, it was just a natural occurrence. Yeah. Yeah. And so I still message him from time to time. We still hang out from time to time and everything else. And when we hang out, it's just like old times. It's it's having fun. It's just, you you, you tend to migrate away from your that. Your priorities shifted. You didn't have yeah. extra free time to be jacking around. Yeah. Now, the difference know? there is that couple, they weren't hurting us, but they weren't helping us, right? Now, there are, there are people in some of our listeners' lives, there are people in your life that are definitely hurting you, and you need to migrate away from them. And it is a very intentional shift of it's not, I'm going to talk to you less. It's not just an intentional shift. It's a very difficult shift sometimes. Yes, it it's can very, be. It can be well, extremely difficult. Let's just talk, let's just say it how it is. Mitch is very, like I am a very emotionally attached, I've cried on the show before. Yep. Okay, that's just, that's how I am. Yep. Mitch isn't like that. Mitch is more of an analytical person. It's easier for him to say, I'm not going to deal with these people. We're moving on. Right. Like for me, it's it, it's harder. For, I I would find it very difficult to do that to certain people. Yeah. Not not everybody, but certain people. So it can be a very hard thing for people to grasp and deal with because they just aren't emotionally able to do it. Yeah. I'm one of those people. Well, so we'll get to it once we get to number thirteen. People that are stuck in toxic relationships because they're afraid to be alone. <clears throat> it's the same thing. Right? Yeah. Like it doesn't thing. mean toxic spouse. It could be toxic friendship. Yeah. It could be toxic parenting. All right, next, it could be toxic next thing, we've been right? on this topic for we get so, on to the next one. Number five. What do you got? The government is scum that will never save you from your problems. Amen. Hallelujah. We on to the next one. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I just pretty self explanatory, right? The problem right? is 
we've talked about this on the show all the time. There need to be term limits, okay? Everyone's afraid, oh, well, then it'll go out. But no, you stage it like everything else. Every yeah. two years, you change out 33%. It's not a big deal. You change. There, there is Don't, no the form real problem, of government that will ever not be scum. No, the only – yeah, the 100% problem is people believe – I don't want to get too far into the weeds here, but people think that they can get rid of religion and then government is their religion. And then they they basically rely on government for everything, for yep. money, for health care, for, yep. you know, just everything. Listen, people, government is a fucking scam. Yeah. OK, you do not need the government to tell you what to do or how to do it or when to shit or when to eat or where to go wait in line for water yeah. or where to go wait in line for bread. Stop pretending and voting for them yep. to control your lives. OK, you know what drives me insane in the the hippies of the 60s and 70s didn't want government. Now the same hippies want huge government. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. You want less government. You know, the Democrat Party used to be the party of the working class people, and now it's completely shifted. It's flipped. Now, yeah. re- it, if you vote Republican, you're from the working class. Yeah. I mean, it, it's amazing how that shift has happened in the last 20 years. They're just pandering for votes is all they're doing. Yeah. Stop relying on them. Yep. We what should happen is every time that someone new should be elected, you should. I wouldn't do this, but if you if there's a Democrat in now, vote Republican. If there's a Republican in, vote Democrat. Yeah. And keep them all on their heels, keep them on their toes, all yeah. the freaking time because they're worthless. Yeah. House members make one hundred seventy four thousand dollars a year to do fucking nothing. Right. To do nothing. Right. They get a, we are paying for them to have a Peloton bike in their home and paying for their membership. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. We can't feed the homeless in this country, and these people are milking us for millions. And have you seen most House members? They look like they haven't set foot on a Peloton in 20 years. No, they're chaining their dog to it so their dog can get exercise. So that fat <laughs> ass don't have to go outside in the winter. Right. That's what they're doing. It's, yeah. I, put masks in dogs. I'm so mad right now. <laughs> it's, I so really I, want to I used snap to be, this table in half. I used to be fairly invested in politics and all that stuff, and I've gotten away from it because it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter how passionate you are about politics or me are. I am about no, politics. No, but it matters how bad they're screwing your eyeballs out. Yeah, that totally matters. I'll come across this table and snap your neck. Yeah. That, I'm just, just ah, that, that totally matters. However... We're all set. We're all given the same set of rules to play by, and it's our job to to win with those set of rules. That's all it is. So uh, I I agree with that. The problem is it's when you're running to the finish line and you're there, and then they move the finish line. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, and if you're not aware and you're not voting for what's going on, no matter how hard you like. For us, we've been working so hard for so long that we're at the top, mm-hmm. and I don't mean. One percent to, you yeah. know, we're in the top fifteen percent of the country, right? And we yeah. don't even make that. But let's be honest, we don't make that it much. It doesn't money. take much to make them in the top fifteen. No, it doesn't. Right. But even there, if you if we were to stay right here and plateau right here in twenty years, we wouldn't be making it. Right. That's the real problem. Right. All right. Got me all fired up for no fucking reason. Number six. <laughs> You'll be ten times happier if you forgive your parents and stop blaming them for your problems. I don't blame my parents for my problems. I don't have anything to forgive my parents for, right? Like my yeah. parents were pretty good. There, there's, 
like I wish I, there's frustrations that I have with them, but that's more they're just you know it, it just is what it is. But there's I mean I wish I wish that they would have made me go to college and paid for my college, but then at the same time. I think would I have been any better off? See, maybe not. So I don't. I don't blame. You know what I mean. I don't blame them for that. Yeah. You so know? so I was. Maybe I wish my dad hadn't been married four times. I, I, I mean, was paying uh, for. My um, mom's dead now, so I mean. I was paying for most was, of my college, and I'm glad. Like because it, it, I, I look at it the yeah. other way. Like I'm glad my parents weren't paying for my whole college because I would have wasted four or five years. Because Maybe. I wasn't, I wasn't having to be responsible for that money. You well, know? and and that's what I meant by would it have done me any good? Right. I mean, so so I don't blame them or hold it against them that I did, you know, that they didn't. Mm-hmm. I just wish that I could have had that experience. Maybe that's yeah. not really on them, but you know, more on me because I could have probably done it. Yeah. Now there are I a mean, lot of people out there who have committed their life to resigning themselves to the position they're in because their parents screwed them. That's where that one speaks to. That one speaks to the person who's like, well, I'm not really making it in life because my parents didn't really prepare me for life. And this person's 37 years old. Mm -hmm. Oh, my Uh, God. I have a huge stat for you. I was listening to the Ramsey show today. And they said, so, you know, there's a huge, there aren't enough workers out there, right? mm -hmm. Seven, there are 7 million Americans in this country, men, I'm going to call them boys, 7 million boys between 25 and 40 that are not working. Yeah, I believe it. Because they don't want to work. Yeah. And they are either sucking money off of mom and dad or friends or welfare or whatever. But the majority of, I think it was like 90% of them are able body. Yeah. 25 to 40, not worry. 7 million people. Yeah. And it goes just to so this topic right in here. A, in the same stat, there's a thought that there's a very popular thing floating around social media right now as it, and it shows a Starbucks employee sitting on the ground up against one of the coolers crying and somebody's consoling them. And this whole post is talking about how as we get near the holidays, everyone's busy and you need to respect your fast food workers and all of this shit. And I 100% disagree with that post. Obviously, I'm not advocating to disrespect fast food employee workers. But the post is not about respecting workers. The post is literally written to give them allowance to, to be underperform. Lazy. Yeah, or be so, on their phone in the back instead of making fucking coffee. Right. They're, it's basically saying, like, I need you to be okay with me underperforming, and I'm uh, this whole post is because it's not okay for you to have standards of me, yeah. is, is really what it is. Like, yeah. people don't just go off the handle because people make honest mistakes. People go off the handle because the person on the other side of the fast food counter is being intentionally lazy. They're being intentionally selfish or they're being intentionally entitled or whatever the case may be. That's why people go off the handle. And that's why I disagree with that post because it it is not about just being nice. People aren't naturally mean. People aren't naturally walking into Starbucks expecting to chew somebody out. Yeah. So if, the if, if, you go, if you go into Starbucks, which I will never, and I think 
Starbucks is a complete joke. I'm yeah. not paying fucking twenty four dollars for a cup of coffee. I can make right. it home for ten cents. Just, but if you go in somewhere and it's the holiday season, okay, and you're buying gifts and the line is fifteen long, but the lady at the counter is busting her ass, yeah, or man, and he's, you know, boop boop boop, and we're just getting through. Okay, I just got to deal with it. But if they're up there like boop, yeah. If you're doing a shit-ass job, you're going to hear about it. And and you're literally, like, just being a complete lazy turd. Yeah. You're going to hear about it. And you know what? Back in the day, you didn't have to hear about it from the customers because your boss would come out there and be like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Right. Let's go. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, you can't do that because Sally Joe might... HR might have a problem with it. It might force her into her period. I mean, it's just... It's freaking (laughs) insane. Yeah. There's a... One of the animated shorts, I go off on a rant about, you know, people in this country were just raising a bunch of pussies. Yeah. It's the, it, all we That's are doing. That's literally that post is, is yeah. it's enabling pussyism. Yes. It's really we're what just, it is. We're just, everybody's a bunch of wusses. Yeah. And we're just got to be okay with that. No. Right. That's the downfall of humanity. Yeah. Where is the personal accountability? Where's the, where's the want to, to get out there and do it? And, you know, I don't, you know, you said blaming parents for stuff. And I don't blame mine personally because, frankly, I'm a go-getter, you know. But all of these parents that are basically, I guess my parents' generation, your parents' generation, they have fucked this whole thing up because – and maybe just a little bit younger than them because they want to coddle these kids Mm -hmm. and give them everything and they don't want to let them – have to – you know, everyone gets a trophy. Right. You know, we don't – we can't let them – you know, go through any type of pain. Well, this is what happens. Yeah. Now you got a g- bitch that, in the back crying at Starbucks because someone said, "Hurry the hell up!" Oh, I remember what being, am I gonna man. do? It's freaking insane. Yeah. Okay, it's insane. Get off your ass. Yeah. And do something with your life. Yeah. The successful people bust their ass. If you aren't successful, then start busting yeah. your ass. And don't go to the government and say, "Oh, can I have some money?" Because I'm too lazy and too dumb to do something. Right. Well, it's your parents' fault. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. They raise you with no values and no grit. Yeah. You basically have no and gravel in your crawl. But to at get the same token, it. stop you know, forgive your parents and stop blaming them. Like you're an adult, figure it out. Figure well, I don't it. think they're blaming their parents. I think they're too stupid to know that it's their fault. Yeah. Figure out that maybe your parents didn't give you the best shake in life, but now you're an adult and you can figure it out. That's I think, all there I is think to it. For me, a hard lesson is whenever I was sick and expected to get out of mowing the lawn, but my dad still made me go out and mow the lawn when I was sick. Yeah. That was like the first full way into like the like tough luck. Like, yeah. yeah, get after it, bro. Yeah. Guess what? <laughs> when you're an adult and you're sick, your lawn still needs mowed. You're either going to have to do it yourself or pay somebody else to do yeah, it. Yeah, you There's got no the other option. You got the money? Well, no. Well, then you better get your fat ass out there and get the yard mowed. Right. Right. You know, no I mean, different than when it snows and your your driveway needs shoveled. You either have to do it yourself when you're sick. Or pay somebody to do it. Uh, first off, I shoveled my driveway for the first 10 years of us being married. We got four-wheel drive. Fuck that. Yeah. Nothing gets shoveled anymore. Yeah. I don't... I got it now. I will say I have to sh- used to have to shovel a spot in the backyard yeah, for Levi for to take a leak because he wouldn't pee in the snow and he tried to pee on my carpet and I was pissed. Yeah. So I will do that. Yeah. But that's it. All right, number seven. Train. This one speaks to the heart of me. What do you got? Train yourself to let other people win arguments. I don't do that, and I don't care about any of that. If you can't handle, I when I win an argument or argue with someone, it does not. 
hinder me in any way. So where this comes you know from, what I mean, so so where this comes from, I think in this day and age, and you called me out on it a couple of shows ago. Oh, I did. Ooh, um, I like this. I like where this is going. Yeah. yeah. You've got people that are wasting large amounts of time arguing over the internet to people that they'll never meet and they, oh, they never yeah. need to satisfy for any reason whatsoever. Yeah, the who cares? Who cares? And and so yeah. they're they're choosing to get into internet arguments and it's just a massive time suck and it's a massive waste of time and it's it's dragging them down emotionally. Yeah. Right? Like what do you get if you win? Nothing. What yeah. do you get if you lose? Nothing. What do you get if you stay silent? your time and that's worth everything. Yeah. Right. So that's something I've actively been working on over the last few years is to, to try to only do things on social media that benefit me. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, it's still yeah. a work in progress. And when you say it like, and when you read that, see, that's work. It's so crazy. We're so alike and so different. I don't even think of social media because right. I just do not get in fights on social media because I don't give a shit. Right. Now, if it's on a job site or something like that, or so, if we're at a bar and I've had three beers and someone argues with me, I'll get in their shit. Yeah. But, but that is, that's different I, than I think, what I think this is more of. I think what this is saying is like, don't ever argue with a pig because you both get muddy and in the end, nobody will know who won. Cast your pearls before swine, like in the Bible. What's that? It's like in the Bible talks the about casting your pearls saying. before swine. Like, don't get... Into arguing with the pig, essentially, yeah. you know, or someone who's, or you become a pig, yeah, yeah. or the person yeah, exactly who admits that, yeah, the yeah. outsiders don't don't know who's winning, and you're both slopping around in the mud, type of thing. Yeah, like, they're laughing at you because you're both idiots. Yeah, so yeah, so that I think that's where it's talking about is letting other people win. Is like, yeah, okay, let the idiot win the argument, like. Big fucking deal. Yeah. You, you know you're right. Yeah, when I get home matter. to my big-ass fucking house, I'll be fine. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. when that guy gets back to his trailer, he'll have won an argument. Yeah, it just uh, it just doesn't matter. Right, right. On to the next. What do um, you got? Number eight. I like this show. Maturity comes when you don't take things personally. I wholeheartedly agree with this. We see this do we see this dynamic read that one more time maturity comes when you don't take things personally so where we see this in real life um, i'm trying to we could we could separate our customer group by ages the older the customers we have the more direct and to the point they are over the phone or in person and it comes off like they're mean they just know what they want. They just know what they want, and they're vocalizing the it. They're not beating around, around the, block. the bush, yeah. right? They're, they're okay saying, I don't like that price. Or they're okay saying, I don't like your attitude. Rather than beating around the bush and getting cold-shouldered and kind of clamping up and closing down a little bit, the older person, the mature person, they're going to flat out say, I don't like your attitude. I don't like the way you're talking to me. Right now, we—I mean, we don't get that a ton, but that's—I'm just saying. It's just an example. It's just an example of how an old person will say that. Whereas somebody in their twenties or thirties, yeah, they'll be like, "Eh, I don't know, Hmm, maybe I need to talk to my husband, Hmm." and they'll they'll come up with all these dodgy answers because they don't want to just flat out tell you that they don't like the way you're speaking to them. I must come off like I'm seventy years old (laughs) because I—I literally. You got some wisdom on you, that's for sure. I don't know if it's wisdom. I don't. But I, that's how I am. Yeah. So don't take things personally and you'll be more mature because of it. Right. So so what, you, what you're saying is when an old person says to you, hey, I don't like that price, 
for you to be mature, you need to not take it personally. Don't take it personally. It's not they're, they're saying they're not saying I don't like yeah. you. Yeah, I, they're just yeah. saying I don't like the price. Yeah. So either build more value or reduce the price. Yeah, I probably agree with that. A lot statement. of people yeah. they they take their arguments and it's like it's like their identity. Like if you yeah. disagree yeah. with me, you're you're denying. I mean, me. on some <laughs> I mean, I'll die on some hills, but in general, I don't. I just. Uh, like you know what okay yeah and you know it doesn't really it just rolls off and i don't really right but there are some things i will uh, man admit another stupid thing on the show i mean sometimes i will literally stand and be like no we're gonna battle to the death right now on <laughs> on this topic well that goes or back this, to uh yeah. letting people win arguments right well, the thing is yeah. the whole casting program <laughs> your horse wine thing that goes to say like if someone if you're in an argument with someone who their objective is just to be a troll and just to get you to like you know, yeah. bump. So that's where it's like, don't even engage an army with someone who's their their main goal is just to like. Give well, you, I mean, you if know. you stand back and think about it, you take somebody who's very pro-abortion and somebody who's very anti-abortion. They could argue until they're blue in the face with each other, and nobody's ever going to change anybody's mind. Well, it's because people that are, you know what? I'm not even going to say. <laughs> I'm just saying, like that's that's just what it is. Like, so you're wasting your time, right? You're slopping in the mud with pigs. Number nine. At 25 years old, your inner circle, your closest friends, should be focused on making money, building your body, and making a family. What the fuck does building <laughs> your body mean? So what that means is... What the fuck does that mean? Building your body to work? <laughs> no, no, no. Or like, I should be working out. So... Because uh, at 25, I, I was fucking yoked, and I didn't work out at all. <laughs> so I have, it, I mean, it, I it's was, weird. I used to be heavily involved in the local car scene around here, right? Not at 25. Not at 25. No, I was like 35 at Mitch this. Mitch was racing right? motorcycles at 25. Um, No, yeah, no. I'm saying at 35, I was heavily involved in the car scene. But the okay? question's saying 25. I understand. But... We'll the, car it, scene, <laughs> the car scene is littered with 25-year-olds, 20 uh, to 25-year-olds, okay. right? Now, one thing I noticed about a lot of these 20 to 25-year-olds are they're spending every dime they have on cars. They're spending every dime they have left over on modifying those cars. They're all very obese. They're all very unhealthy. And they're all, like, when the weather's not right for cars, they're all out partying and getting drunk and getting smashed. So... And and they're they're not focused on family. They're not focused on finding a partner and settling down and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not bashing the car scene by no means. It, it was just that was my view into the 10-year younger generation. I was 35. Most of these people were 20 to 25. And I'm hey, seeing, fat guys want to go fast too, man. I get it. <laughs> but but so so that was my biggest exposure to that group. Now I'm sure there's plenty of other you know, niches for that group other than the car scene. However, what I, what I, I see where this is coming from that. So those close groups of friends, they were not focused on making money. They were focused on spending every dime they had on cars. They were not focused on building their body unless it was like building it to a certain size of fat, because a lot of them are very, very obese. Um, and then none of them were focused on family. So it just, you know, it, it is what it is in that age group. So I will, I, I will say, as you know, if you want to build wealth in this country and want to do it the easiest way, you start early. Yes. 
you start you start it even if you're not looking to get married you start when you're either out of high school or right out of college yes you start i've said it a million times on this show you start by putting money away yep. for your retirement as soon as you humanly can yeah. as soon as there is any money and and what you shouldn't be doing is spending 20% of your income on things that make you happy guilty I yeah mean, like i'm i'm no we'll get into you in a second so, no so that's I'm, not true <laughs> we'll because when you. you were that age you bought a house first yeah and then you had a motorcycle yeah okay i, I wasn't being a hundred percent foolish with my money but i was also not focused on building wealth no you weren't you weren't you were not i was semi-responsible but semi incredibly irresponsible yeah right? and, and i mean it, it immediately when janine and i got married that was our number one goal was okay we got to find a house that we can get into reasonably so start building wealth that way and then every dime that we can not every dime but you know more than minimum that can go towards retirement later we're doing that now right because you can't outrun time Nope. You know what I mean? And if you start early, then time can't outrun you. Right. You know, when you start putting that chunk of money away at 22, when you get to be 52, it's a big ass chunk of money. Yeah. And you've literally done nothing but squirrel away a little at a time. Yeah. And people bitch, I can't with that hundred dollars and that 150 and that, guess what? When you get to be 45, that hundred dollars a month, that ain't shit anymore. Right. And if, you have to have, oh, I don't know the right word. You have to have the discipline to do it, and you have to be able to make yourself do it. Yeah. I mean, you I just mean, have to. And if you get to 27, 28, and you're not doing it, you're already behind. If you get to 35, you're way behind. If you get to 45, you are fucked. Yeah. And that's that's where this is highlighting. Is yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I agree with the statement 100%. And, it, and it's not saying you. Like, th this is what I like about this. It's not saying you are focused on making money, building your body, and building your family. Your inner circle. So this is you and the closest people that you hang out with. You can't do it alone. You can't save money alone. If you are trying to save money, but your four closest friends are all the time pulling you out on the weekends into the bars and everything else and spending all your money, it ain't going to work. You and your inner circle should be focused on making money, building your body, and building your family. I will. And so the, the building your body thing, I think, is key. Um, today, literally today, Joe Rogan dropped a show today where he's talking with Steve-O. Okay? Steve-O's actually pretty smart. It's kind of fun to listen to. Yeah, he's really smart. Yeah. He, he's not smart. He's wise. Yeah. Because he's done a lot of dumb shit. He's earned a lot of wisdom, that, right? You know what? That's how I got my wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of dumb so shit. Steve-O pointed out something that I've never even considered before. He said, you know what? You see a lot of really, really old smokers. But you never see really, really old fat people. That's true. It's absolutely true. That's why at 25, your focus should be on building your body. Right? How many people, they, they put on the freshman 15. And then by the time they graduate college, they've already got the beer gut. And then it's become so much of a habit that by 30, it's just who they are. And yeah. they'll literally spend 15 years trying to change their identity 
from yeah. a fat guy, right? Yeah. That's why I, it's not necessarily trying to say that at 25 you need to be a bodybuilder. It's saying building your body. In other words, learning how to care for your body. Well, and, and not this even this is the only vessel we got. Well, and not necessarily building your body, but be conscious of what you're doing. Yes. You know what I mean? Make yeah. a conscious decision of, hey, this is what I'm gonna do. Yeah. You know, I mean, I will say the, just to play devil's advocate, you know, having all your friends being towards building wealth. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, not, I don't think any of my friends were doing like you weren't, you know, socking money away for the future. No, but just imagine where we would be if we were at 25. Oh, you and Danielle? No, you and me. What do you mean? If if our closest circle of friends at 25 was focused on building wealth, that's one of those things you can't blame your parents because you don't because you didn't go to college because you don't know what could have happened. No, I'm not blaming them. No, I'm just saying you can't you can't say that as a definitive thing. I, I mean, maybe some of the uh, people that I used to hang out with took my example and and ran with it. You yeah. know what I mean? And if I had cut them out of my life, maybe they wouldn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe instead of being viewing myself as at the bottom tier, I'm viewing myself as I was at the top of that tier. Possibly. And maybe I had inspired some people. You know what yeah. I mean? And I'm just playing devil's. I'm not yeah. I'm not saying one way or the other there, but, you know, yeah. it's something to think about. This one also speaks to the heart of me. Which one are we on? Number 10. Okay. You don't need self-help books. You need action and discipline. Oh, my God. I'm going to say it right now. You go to way too many stupid conferences. You listen to way too many fucking I got to have my mentors and I got to have this and I got to and I listen. I read too many fucking self-help books. That's you. Yep. I, and That's why I said this one speaks to the heart of me. I, I don't I, I don't. It doesn't help me in the least. I don't need any of that bullshit. Right. You know what I mean? I know what my goal is. Mm-hmm. So and you dis- know what it takes to get there. And so despite what anyone else says, I mean, I know what it's going to take. Now, some people need that constant encouragement. And I and I get that. And I don't think I don't think any less of Mitch for doing those things. I just think that it's I don't need those things. You yeah. know what I mean? So I so in my mind, I'm thinking Mitch is wasting his time. But you know what? It could benefit him wholeheartedly. I, I just well, I don't know. So because I don't I, need it. When I made the decision to join Apex, it was because it is action oriented. It's not all of this fluff and bullshit. And Apex even has some of its own events where it is a lot of like rah rah BS. And I don't need the rah rah BS. I need the tactical application shit. Like. If I'm going to fly to Dallas for the weekend and and sit in a two-day conference, I don't want to sit in a two-day conference with a fucking cheerleader. I want to sit in a two-day conference with somebody who's been where I am and knows how to get past the struggles that I'm in right now. And and, and, and then I'm going to sit and take notes, and I'm going to learn from that, right? And I get that, but what I think with you specifically, just because I've known you for so long, so I'm going to bust your stones a little bit here. Mm-hmm. I personally don't think you need that. I like it's I, arguable. I yeah. look at you and I see what you've done and I see what you're doing and then I I mean I can see it. You don't need that. Yeah. You don't need someone to be te- you need So it, I here, don't know if you need anything. You, I think you need this. to just stay focused and be moving in the direction you're moving. You you'll and, love this in the, you know, in the I think you have a little bit of self-doubt. 
And I think sometimes that you need some of that stuff. I, I don't. And yeah. listen, I don't know if I'm 100 percent right. No, no, no. So, so or, what you're hitting on is, yeah. There's a lot of times where I could go a couple of ways, and you're look, you're, you're literally looking for the validation to, yeah, to go the right yeah. way. It's not like you're looking for this person to provide the right answer to you. It's, it's you're looking for them to validate the several options you've come up with, right? Yeah. So, well, I'm validating you, Mitch. Take I, your option and go with it. You've got I, it figured out. Bro. I will say this. <laughs> my business grew more before I joined Apex than after. Now, that doesn't mean Apex is holding me back. It means that I came to a natural hurdle and then I was looking for some resolutions with it. So, yeah. Um, I just, and I'm not saying you should be doing it or shouldn't be doing it. I, my opinion is you don't need it. Yeah. But uh, you know what I mean? Some people... Andy Fursella refers to those people as success zombies. They will go to seminar to seminar to seminar after seminar, and they get inspired, and they get inspired, and then a week later it's like they're not doing anything with their inspiration, not doing a single thing, right? Now, I'm actually putting... Now, I'm at the level now where it's, it's, it's a lot... I'm not, I'm not giving myself an excuse here. Making change now happens a little bit slower than it used to. Well, it has to because you're bigger. Yeah. And, and so, it, like, I can still affect how fast it happens, but, like, realizing that we need a new CRM in our company because the current CRM we are, we're just outgrowing it. Well, I'll be damned if I'm going to change CRMs and, and settle on the next one. Like, the next one we get has to do everything on my boxes. It has to check every single box. Yeah. And and so it's going to take me a minute to switch, but when I switch, it's going to be like a light switch. Mm-hmm. Like, we're just going to pull the trigger, and it's going to fucking happen. So, you know, things like that. Gotcha. Um, what else you got? Number 11, and I love this one. Skills and financial education will make you win over 97% of college graduates. And it is absolutely 100% true. Read that that again without your extra bullshit. Skills and financial education will make you win over 97% of college graduates. What if your college graduate was in financial education? Uh, They're using skills and they're using financial education to win. Most college graduates don't use their skills, and they don't use any sense of financial education. Yeah. So they don't win. They they were they literally went to college as like a scapegoat for this will provide me success. Yeah. And they're really just a better well, trained honeybee. Yeah. What's your degree in? Uh, Liberal arts. Uh, advanced American literature. Or the people that'll uh, stay in the college system where they don't have to face life. They just keep going back and back and back and yeah, back. Yeah, they become like a TA. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I agree with that 100% next. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I, I, mean, I have nothing There's I no talking with. on that. Like, I agree with it 100%. Yeah. I, you, if like, you have skills in this country and you have common sense, it's a little different from that. If you have common sense financial awareness... And you're a go-getter. There's nothing holding you back. Yeah, it plays on the previous one. You don't need self-help books. You need self. You need action and self-discipline. Yeah. Skills and yeah. financial education, action and self-discipline, and you're gonna win, right? Next. Number twelve. <laughs> Next. You can't expect honesty from people who lie to themselves. So this is Next. true. Duh. Uh, however, <laughs> the, the hard thing with this one is identifying who's lying to themselves, right? So you have to. The, the easiest way I do this is you, I, you know I those, listen more than I talk. It's so weird, though. I mean, what do you? I mean, what do you? Are you talking about family members, friends, customers? I anything. Mean, 
it, it could be a lot of things. So, uh, family members, you're close enough to them. You can see when they're lying to themselves. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, if you have a family member that says, oh, I'm trying to get my life together, and they've been telling you that for eight years, yeah. they're lying to themselves. Yeah. Right? So yeah. you can't... All I mean, it's just plain and simple. You can't expect honesty from that person. Yeah, we're talking, I guess, so this is really about close relationships. Okay, I people mean, customers. That affect, people that affect your life on a daily basis. Customers. Uh, I'll give you a prime example. Hoarders. Oh, man. When, when you, when when you, you go to the door... In, oh, and it's a one-foot path that weaves in and out of everything because well, the magazines it, are stacked up four foot tall. It, oh, hoarder, hoarders God. will always open the door and kind of block your view with their body for a minute. And, and they'll say, you know, I'm sorry I haven't had a chance to clean this week. And then they open the door and you realize they haven't cleaned in 15 years. Yeah. Right? Janine does that and then opens the door and the house looks like it was built yesterday. Yeah, right. You know what so, I mean? But, <laughs> it's like, but, what do you, babe, she's in there vacuuming. I'm trying to watch the football game. I'm like, Jenny, you vacuumed yesterday. Yeah. Can you please fucking stop for so, five minutes? So all it is, I mean, it's literally just that superficial that the moment you recognize somebody is lying to themselves, you cannot expect them to be honest with you. Yeah. So you have to you have to handle that person differently. And that's service industry. Let's be honest. I didn't I didn't even think about it when you read it. That's service industry one hundred and one. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean that's reading someone. Well, that's anybody, how they right? are. Let's say your boss lies to themselves. Oh, we do the best quality ever, and then you you actually watch your boss being like, just get it done. I don't care what it looks like. Okay. Right there, you saw your boss lying to himself. Yeah. So now it's hard to expect honesty from your boss. Yeah. Right. Number thirteen. People are stuck in toxic relationships because they are afraid to be alone. You know, that's a hard one to elaborate on because it is just so direct and so 100% accurate. We've seen it time and time again. We've watched other people in toxic relationships, friendships, spouses, marriages. Man, doesn't matter. I hope Ryan Farrell doesn't listen to this podcast. Because, like, when we were in our 20s, that was him. Yeah. You know what, though? They stuck it out. They stuck it out. I don't know. I haven't talked to him in a while. I don't I know. I don't know where he's at now. But, um, you know, they, there's a lot of people that are like that. Yeah. And, and so you can literally see it. They're stuck there because they're afraid to be alone. Yeah. So if, if that's you, don't focus on fixing your relationship. Focus on being unafraid to be alone. Or focus on and fixing yourself. Because the, when you fix yourself and you realize... Oh man, this is because I'm afraid of being alone. Yeah. You have fixed yourself. I am no longer afraid to be alone. You fixed yourself. You're out of that relationship. Or, or the moment you're no longer afraid to be alone, it opens your mind to see what it will take to fix the relationship. The moment you have the path to leave and then you choose not to. That's a good point. That was my wife and I before we ever got married. And you know what? That could have been Ryan too. Yeah. So like we, before my wife and I got married, we dated very seriously and then we broke up and we were like out, out, out. Like oh, she had her own place and everything. It was, like, it, please. It was three weeks. It was. However. It was three fucking weeks. We're out, out. Like so, it's like a year, six, eight. So it we spent. three fucking weeks. We spent months <laughs> staying together and arguing with each other daily because we were afraid to be alone. And the moment we became okay with being alone and we had our own separate places, it gave us the clarity to realize that we wanted to be together. But until we had that that clarity yeah. and being okay to be alone, we were so afraid to be alone that we just kept staying together and fighting. Yeah. So. And a lot of people, a, a lot of people are afraid to be alone. Yeah. I don't, I personally 
cannot relate to it because it doesn't bother me in the least. I'll go to dinner by myself. I don't care. Yeah, it it literally it doesn't bother me. Like when I was young, I didn't give a shit. I mm. I could be twenty one years old and be like, I'm going out tonight, and I'd go get dinner at the bar by myself. I'd make three friends at the bar. I, I mean, it literally yep. none of that crap has ever. When Janine go and Layla go out of town, I'm like, yes, yeah. Fucking three days of peace. Yeah. You know, it doesn't... Do I miss them? Of course. I'm not... Right. I love them. I miss... But no, I am not afraid to be alone. My dad, scared to death to be alone. Right. To this day, I think. Yeah. He's got another girlfriend now. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Is the right answer. Huh. Yeah. Like, dude, what are you doing? I've I've told Danielle time and time again that if, if we ever were to work out, like, I... Dude, no, I, I'd just be alone. Like I don't like if Janine died or something, I'd get a hooker, keep her on retainer, well, and that's it. So yeah, that's the, it. The joke that's is I'd I have a live-in nanny, and and <laughs> they, it would just. Oh no, I don't need a. Li- I I don't want anyone helping me take care of my daughter. I'm on my own. Well, that's that's the joke. Oh, like, gotcha. <laughs> that's, been the, that's been the joke since the kids were two. Yeah, I'd have a live-in nanny, and she's like, "The kids are ten and, or eleven and thirteen. You don't need a nanny." I'm like, "Bet your ass, I do." <laughs> yeah, it's for me. Maybe <laughs> like, like making passes at her like every week. No, it's not a pass. She's a it's, hooker. It's, he just calls her a nanny. It's name. not a pass. It's a live-in nanny that doesn't sleep in the spare bedroom. What are you talking about? <laughs> First off, she does sleep in the spare bedroom. I don't want my I want my night's sleep. Oh, there you go. And there, you know what I mean. I don't know. We are not. You're just. Dave is like the classic like father daughter zombie apocalypse. Like you know. Yeah. They both have guns. All. I kill them all. Yeah. yeah. She has guns. All. You have guns. We got a lot of guns in the house. Yeah. All right. Mitch got to see one today. Number fourteen. The most difficult mission is to focus on your dreams, and the easiest task is to complain. <laughs> Welcome to America 101. Right. Let's, now, hey, you know what? I can't do it. I'm going to complain about it. I will I, I will mean, I will say this. I like how they focused the most difficult mission is to focus on your dreams. Mission, big endeavor, hundreds of thousands of tasks involved chose, in that mission. You think they chose that on purpose? Yeah. They could have. The easiest task, minute thing, little thing, one thing is to complain. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of people will give up on their grand mission. In order to do one task, and that is to complain. Yeah. So, and um, and, and that mission could be. It's not owning your own business. It could be a lot of things. It could be go to college, get a, just a good job, and it's, and be a stay-at-home mom after five years. You know, it could be it could be all kinds of things. There's a but thousand, that still takes a lot to get to that point. It's easier to say, "Well, I don't have the money," mm-hmm. or the government's not giving me, or my parents didn't. What? Yeah. Stop complaining about it and just do what you want to do. Right, right. The the great words of Ed Milet: God doesn't call the qualified; He qualifies the called. Right. Yeah. The, in other words, whatever your mission is, you're going to have to level up and become a better person in order to achieve it. Yeah. If your mission is to be a math teacher, guess what? You got to qualify to be a math teacher, right. which means you got to go to college. If your you mission is to feed the homeless, you're going to have to find a way to fundraise yeah. to buy the food to feed the homeless. Yeah. He's not going to just hand food in your lap. Yeah. You got to do the work to get the job done. Right. Easy said, easy done. Last one. The most important decision you will ever make is who you have children with, so choose wisely. Yeah, I mean, what do you want me to say to that? 
Yeah, you're probably yeah, you're 100 percent right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean... Any doubts, Mitch? No, God no. <laughs> uh, and, and especially now that my kids are in the tween years, right? I got an 11 and a 13-year-old. Um, especially the 13-year-old. You know, it. anybody who's had a 13-year-old, they'll understand the, the fact that at 13, you know nothing as a parent, right? Like... I don't know. Mine's, uh, mine's nine. Mom, I don't know. you're so stupid. Dad... You're so stupid. Is it bad if when he says that you go, Mace, Danielle, he, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, real life example in our house, Grant, um, Grant started not feeling well on um, Thursday night last week. Friday, he stayed home from school, right? Um, Friday night. Mm, yeah, Friday afternoon. He stayed home from school. His throat was looking crazy red and everything else. So Danielle makes an appointment at urgent care. And Grant keeps saying his stomach hurts and his throat hurts and he's just not feeling like he, I mean, he looks like shit. So Danielle's doing some other function up at the school. And so she makes an appointment for urgent care and says, Hey, you know, can you take him up there if you get the chance? And I'm like, sure. So they call and say, we're ready. So she calls me and say, you know, Hey, can you take him up there? I take him up there. She already did the whole online check-in thing, but they have one other little questionnaire that we have to fill out. So he's off sitting in a chair. I'm filling it out. And from across the room, we hear splat, splat, splat. Uh. And I look over there, and he is puking all over the urgent care waiting room. So, um, I mean, happy that we were there, right? I didn't have to clean it up. They, <laughs> they actually, like, I offered to clean it up, and they wouldn't allow me to. They said, no, we have yeah, people to liability. do that. Yeah, liability. Yeah. And so then, uh, pro tip... Um, if you ever want a fast pass to the urgent care, yep. all you have to do is throw up in the waiting room and they will get you out of that waiting room immediately and take you straight to the back. Pro tip. So if your kid's stomach hurts, get him a trash can. Yeah. I mean, yeah. isn't that parenting one-on-one? Well, it's urgent care. Like we had them all set up with bowls and towels around his bed here just in case, yeah. but you get to urgent care, you're kind of on a whim, right? So anyway... <laughs> They fast track us back to the back. They do a whole bunch of tests. They were asking to do a COVID test. And I'm like... Yeah, they're still doing that. Like, while he's throwing up, we we should focus on that. And and I'm like, okay, let's think about this. Stomach hurts, throat hurts. He's not coughing. He's not running a fever. Yeah. Nothing about this says COVID. It actually says food poisoning. Yeah, Yeah, it says food poisoning or just a standard tummy, tummy bug, right? Well, and so I asked the lady, I'm like, I'm like, you can do a flu test and you can do a strep test. But we're not doing a COVID test. And she's like, well, we really want to know. And I'm like, what would you do with this information? Nothing. What are you going to do if he has COVID? Oh, nothing. What are you going to do if he doesn't have COVID? Well, nothing. Yeah. I mean, we would tell the school about it. Well, he's not going to go back to school until he feels good anyway. Yeah. So It's so dumb. Yeah. It's, Dude, just, it's so stupid. It's just stupid. And, and it's just so stupid. I always have a hard time taking advice from your medical care professional that is morbidly obese. It's like, uh, I'm not, uh, that's so I just, awful uh, to say, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm not a judgmental person. However, if you're in the business of medical yeah. care. So you're either not taking your own advice or reading the wrong advice. Like you want your chefs to be fat. Right. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. I want yeah. my chef to be a fucking fat I ain't fat trusting guy, a skinny man. chef just like <laughs> I ain't trusting a skinny, like, fitness expert. Like, and I mean skinny, like. 
if if I got a personal trainer that's supposed to get me built, yeah, I ain't gonna trust one that's skinny. We still haven't gotten the results back from the stress the strap test. Grant's feeling better. But Are did. you telling me that motherfucker might have strep and you brought him over to my house today to meet my daughter <laughs> and be in my house and I was next to him two seconds ago? That's his whole plot. He's coming to implant him. I'm going to yeah. tell you right now, if we all get sick, I'm going to seriously beat your ass when I come over. I'll you a few beers, maybe. No, I'm going to punch you in the face. And so, we're going to have this brawl that's been stewing for 20 years. Well, so where I'm going you, with this. You ever see somebody get beat up, Austin? So, Next week you might. So where, where I'm going with this is he's feeling better. He he was feeling okay on Sunday. Uh, Daniel still kept him home from school on Monday, and he's fine. Daniel kept him home from school today. You better fucking hope and he's, he's fine. fine. Right? <laughs> She's just waiting for these strep results strep test results to come back so she just has confirmation yeah. right well, he obviously doesn't have strep if he's back right he's yeah. back to fine right well my older son it's just eating him up why does grant get to stay home from school for two extra days he's fine right he was recently stayed home from school sick one day and i mean he was actually like something was up we don't know what like he literally stayed in bed all day long slept for like 20 hours. Yeah, straight. I noticed on Tuesday night when Danielle posted that, another right after we were over here. Yeah. I'm thinking, man, this motherfucker. <laughs> so, but, but, you know, here Mason is bitching about all that. And, and I'm like, hey, I, it doesn't matter if you agree with your mom or not. You have to respect your deci- her decision. And, and it goes to number 15 here of uh, the most important decision you're ever going to make is who you have children with is. You know, my role as a father, it, it, I don't even have to agree with Danielle. Now I do, but I don't have to. Let's be honest. On on this subject, okay. I do, right? Okay. I don't have to agree with her on any of this. However, my role as a parent is I have to instill in my kids. You have to have a united front. Yeah. That it doesn't matter if that you agree with her or not. Do you have the, to respect her decision. That yeah. doesn't really have as much to do with that. I mean, it does, but yeah, that's just a that's parenting one on one. You have to have a united front, and even if after you shut the door and go to bed, you look at her and go, "What the fuck is the matter with you?" Right? You just, I mean, you just have to. And, and that to becomes that becomes inherently easy when you chose the right person to have children with. If you're constantly questioning, I don't know if that's the right person. Well, then when your 13 year old is questioning your wife about. Why your brother? Why their brother's getting to stay home? You're also going, yeah, honey. Why is he getting to stay home? You know, you, you, it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to go to bat for that. Yeah. So that's yeah, funny. Well, it's like stay united. Also, too, I I, I learned that the guy was telling me that making for sure whatever whatever punishments you roll out, making for sure to stick with those is because what happens is you'll have parents who are just like, when we get home, I'm going to do this, and then like they fold. Oh, yeah. So it's like making for sure that whatever, like he said he talked about, he threatened to take his kid's car away from him for like a week. He's like, i got to be prepared to do this. Yeah. Or else pro, he's gonna call pro tip on that. <laughs> uh, think first, speak later, right? Yeah, yeah. because you don't want to be taking their ass to freaking soccer practice. <laughs> okay, yeah. so you Maybe pick something else to yeah. take away. Yeah. Or or you say, I don't know what your punishment's going to be. I'll let you know later. But for right now, you're in your room. <laughs> for right now, think because about it. Because that way you don't overcommit <laughs> on the punishment, and then you have yeah. to follow through. And two, it probably gives you a chance to like cool down. Like If it's like maybe an hour later, like, okay, 
this was a big deal, but it's not really like, yeah, I, I was about to, you know, do this. One, one thing Danielle and I are very good about is we never punish out of anger. Mm. And if we are angry, we recognize it instantly and we, we separate ourselves from the kid. We put the kid in the room and we calm down. We talk to each other about it or whatever the case may be. And then we go punish the kid. Mm. Doesn't hurt a kid. If a kid had to spend six hours in their bedroom while you were figuring shit out, it's not the end of the world. Right? No, they'll be fine. Yeah. Well, thing be is, plenty fine. that's like a punishment in itself, too, is just having to wait, like... Yeah, Layla loves her room. She I can remember care. as She'd a kid, like, okay. my, my parents were paddlers, and so they would send me to my room, and I would literally go put on every pair of underwear in my drawer, <laughs> yeah. just trying to get a little cushion for that paddle, you know? Oh, my God. And then and then you learn to be a really good actor. Like, I think paddling his... his, his cultured more Oscar and Academy Award winning yeah. actors and ah! Oh, ah! yeah. And you never put your hand back there to stop the paddle because that really fucking that hurts. That means you're going to get you're, well, yeah. that means you're going to get more like for me if I did that when I was young that means like any, yep. any spanking I blocked yeah. I, I was going to I'm, I'm not going to say that. Yeah. I was going to say something but I'm not. Yeah. I won't say <laughs> All right, so those are your 15 uncomfortable truths about life. Oh, I'm exhausted, Mitch. Yep. This Wrap was a long up, one. Bro. This was an hour That's and a half. That's okay. It was so. a good show. Good show, man. So if this show brought you value, if this show made you think about things in a new perspective, please do us a favor and help share this show with somebody else who you think would be interested in it. They don't necessarily even have to subscribe to our whole channel. If you liked this particular show, share this show with somebody. Uh, share it with your wife. Share it with uh, your parents. It, it doesn't matter who. Your parents. Share it with your kids. You know, I send I send my kids a lot of videos and stuff that I find First interesting. First off, your so. kids shouldn't be listening to me talk. No, well, they they get to in person, live and mm-hmm. in person. I, so. I, a, I put a filter on for them. It's, well, a, it's, it's a thin filter, it's a, but it's, it's yeah. on. <laughs> it's a chain link fence <laughs> to keep the pissing uh, section of the pool at bay. Oh man, so it's tough. Uh, tough yeah. out there, boys. Guys, do us a favor, help share the show, and until next time, guys, we will see you later. Thanks, guys. Peace. Peace.